everybody. Welcome to Rock and Roll Shinsu Chu. My name is Gabe Estel, and I'm here with my co-host Jonathan Getz and Dennis Levi Leach. How's it going, guys? Hola. Amazing. Good. Amazing. Glad to hear it. That's what I like to hear. Superlatives, damn it. <laughs> In Spanish. Anyway, well, it's good to be back, guys. Um and obviously, a lot has gone on in the baseball world since we recorded our most recent episode, episode 33. If you haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, I suggest you do. Yeah, Gabe, don't know if you know, but they're still playing baseball. Levi and I have been yeah. having to keep up with it. Cute, cute. <laughs> yeah, not a lot to talk about uh, with the White Sox, but that's okay because it's all all eyes on your teams right now. Um, you know, this is being recorded, you know, probably the next episode that we record, it'll probably be all done by then. Um, um, but anyway, you know, the Cubs are are uh, are down 0-2, uh, or I'm sorry, I should say, uh, two-game deficit to the Mets. Levi, how are you feeling right now? What is the temperature like? Like, are oh, you... I'll admit, la- last night, uh, right away, it was like 3 nothing first inning. Yeah, when he gives yeah. up that dinger, are you just bumming? TV was turned off at that point. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, yep. Uh, I, I radio feed? Back, or? Like, I don't know, about 40 minutes later, I turned it back on. It was still three to nothing. And I was just like, yep. And Daniel I, Murphy's clutch, man. Yeah. I uh, figure. Yeah. You know, uh, part of me is like, yes, I really fucking want them to do good. But part, like the realist in me knows that they're not ready. Sure. I don't think they have the they don't have the fucking pitching to carry him no. in a series right well, now. I mean, who would have thought that Arietta would have all of a sudden just start shutting down? True. Yeah. God, it was bound to happen sometime. Yeah, I, kicking so much yeah, I mean, for so long. Yeah. yeah. So bad. And, and bad timing. Part of it is, <laughs> yeah, part of it is that, and part of it is meeting a hitter that's on a hot streak. Yeah. And as you yeah, mentioned, right. that Daniel Murphy guy is. Yeah, no, he's, he's, in the, he's in the zone right now, and unfortunately, not too many of our guys are. Daniel Murphy's hit home runs off of Clayton Kershaw's twice, Zach Greinke, John Lester, and Jake Arrieta. Yeah. yeah, so obviously this guy can hit good pitching in the playoffs. For some reason, all of a sudden. Yeah, because well, he's just yeah. kind of a, a slightly above average player, really. Yeah. You know, His, his career not... high in home runs, which he hit this year, was 15. Right. Right, he's not a superstar. I mean, he's a good player, but no, I mean, he's, he's just not... coming through in the clutch, and it's just yeah. one of those October things. Yeah, right. It's, he's in the it's zone. Paul O'Neill, you know what yeah, I mean? It's yeah, like exactly. some guy Paul you've never heard of, and you're yeah. like, what? Yeah, yeah. Yes, he's. You're right there. He's an October superstar. Um, yep. Every season's got one, you know. Yeah. Um, just about. So. So yeah, and and so to, I'm, I'm at the point where anything, anything past the Cardinals is is gravy on the potatoes man I've already won yeah i don't know man i was hearing a lot of a lot of the cubs radio was really confident after that series win oh, over sure. the cardinals like I'm they sure. were all saying that they were going to be the favorites to win the series well, and that's just it when you when you beat the 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 cream of when the you crop. beat the statistical best team on paper mm-hmm. yeah but it was weird like everybody gonna... expected them to almost it felt like the it, like the cubs seemed to be the favorite like the, yeah. the under-the-table well, favorite. And since they won that, the they're Cardinals. the favorite, I think, to win the World Series, or yeah. they were at the beginning yeah. of the NLCS. The talk started, you know, right yeah. For, yeah, yeah. after, once once they got going against St. Louis. Uh, yeah, yeah, Vetter was up and cheering in the owner's box with, with Theo. 
What's that uh, Vetter you said in the article? Yeah, oh, man, yeah, yeah. yeah. Vetter's oh, no, all over the place. All over the place. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah interviewed in the Tribune. There's the party uh, Lester had at his house, and yeah. there's, like, you can barely see it's Vetter playing acoustic guitar for, like, yeah. the Cubs players. Yeah, some shadowy faces. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, he's along <laughs> right. for the ride. Yeah, he is. Although they're going down to Brazil, they're Pearl Jam's yeah, going to tour Brazil, like, so if, they got to bail. If they actually make the World Series, he's going to miss it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He vowed that that that, that Pearl Jam would never slate another tour in October <laughs> again. <laughs> Precautions. Oh man, I remember when I remember when he wore a socks hat that Jack McDowell gave him. Oh right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he, he wore it for the SNL photo shoot. Not to get too geeky there, but yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, he also had for breakfast that day. Anyway, uh, well, Jonathan, I mean, obviously you've, you've, you're, you're Royals two, kicking two, butt. You're two yeah, games it's, up as you know, opposed to two games down. Uh, new boss, Sam is the old boss. Uh, I think, uh, uh, you know what, what they were able to do against the Astros coming back, uh, was pretty remarkable. It was, yeah. you know, coming back in that fourth game, it was on par with what they were able to do against. Uh, the A's last year in the wild card game, uh, and then they were just uh, you know those first couple games against the Blue Jays uh, game two they just stuck with it and came back and and uh, you know singled them to death. Yeah, <laughs> nickel and two. dimed them. Yeah, yeah. yeah game two was uh, game two was a good game, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah a, but you know that's, here... that's the only one like I've I've been able to watch almost really. Time, yeah, yeah. It was um, uh, and it was such a weird time too. The weird shadows because MLB scheduled it. MLB is totally favoring the Cubs and Mets series because the, <laughs> right. the oh, yeah. Royals play during the day both tomorrow, or I'm sorry, both um, uh, games four and five are during the day. Uh, right. So it won't be a very productive week here in Kansas City for the workforce. Right. Um, but Johnny Cueto getting knocked around in, in game uh, game three here, it's, it's going to be interesting if it goes to a game seven, uh, uh, what, what that's going to mean for who starts game seven. But Worst of all is I have tickets um, next week during the World Series, potential games four and seven. I have tickets for concerts both of those nights. Uh, there so, are worse problems to have. I know. But, it's but like, yeah. But... Yeah. Yeah. Of Montreal, Dan Coffee or game four or telekinesis and say hi or game seven on Halloween. It's going to be tough. Hmm. Well, you, you've, you've got the two things that this podcast first world problems in kansas city right Right. baseball and rock and roll you're both living in the world the the shows are at the record bar and they have a an old crt you know a television you know like old school so it's it you know we'll all be craning our necks on that thing in between songs you know, it's, I'll, I'll mention it because, god i don't know it seems like old news now and obviously it's been it's it's been eclipsed by the uh the championship series but you know, I, I guess I'd be remiss if we didn't talk slightly about, the, or just a bit about, not slightly, a bit about the the Utley slide. Um, I know it was. It seems like ancient history now, but and it uh, is not a 1990s country dance move, right? The Utley slide. <laughs> it might be actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I never viewed him as a dirty player. You know, he'd always been. Uh, oh, Gabe, he's a hard. He work, He plays hard, not dirty. Yes, right, right. <laughs> You know, honestly, I, I um, the Phillies have been pretty bad these last few years. So he's kind of, and you know, he's he's in the twilight of his career. Um, 
but this kind of catapulted his name back into the spotlight uh, for for a brief period. Do you guys think the punishment was fair? I mean, do, or do you guys think he should have been punished more severely? Um, well, I mean, what, I I think that there should be a rule in place, but there hasn't been a rule for the last 120 years. So all of a sudden, you're going to punish somebody yeah, for right. like doing something that's been done for 120 years. They should have put the rule in place when they put in the Buster Posey catcher's rule. Uh, right. And but baseball is so slow and reactionary rather than be, rather than rather than being proactive sure. uh, that they yeah. just they blew it anyway. That's that's a good point. Yeah, they're definitely not precautionary. <laughs> no, 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 no. And then the Dodgers are out of it now. So it's like it, it faded. I mean, you know. I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as soon as they lost, it was like you heard nothing about it again. Yeah. Everything. All the attention shifted to the Cubs and the Mets. Um so yeah, I just wanted to get your take. I mean, I uh, I think I, it was late. I think it was a late. Oh thing. yeah, it was. Yeah, it's bushling it stuff, but it, it, it's yeah. yeah. There's no rule. <clears throat> there's no explicit rule against it, and they really should yeah. have implemented that when they implemented the catcher's rule. Yeah, I don't know if you guys saw. There was a tweet by. Um, oh god, he plays for the Padres. One of one of like the nine hundred guys they got last year, Justin Upton. Um, he said, "If it was a sh- uh, if if this would have been him sliding into a superstar shortstop, it would have gotten more attention, or like they would have changed. They would have they would have like it already just- got a lot of attention. Yeah. I know. So I didn't really get it because he's like, what if this if this was you know if he would have slid into Troy Tulowitzki, this would have been, you know, a rule right away. He was Chris- suspended. Yeah, like, he appealed yeah. it, but he was yeah. suspended. So what's right." <laughs> It was it was just a tweet I read and you know I it got I thought it was you know it got me thinking for a second but then I was like well I don't know this it, it seemed like all eyes were on this for 24 hours Absolutely. at least you know I mean, yeah, yeah at least you know it I looked over the, only... the sports world for a day or two yeah you know? yeah and quite honestly he wouldn't have played in the next two games if it weren't for Justin Upton's players association that allows for Utley to appeal such a suspension. Right. Uh, so if he wants to question it, he should go to his own players association and ask them yeah. about it. Yeah. He's just yeah. He's probably pissed off. He's not in the playoffs anyway. Yeah. Far, <laughs> so, far away from it. Yeah. Well, um, it's cool. So, you know, seriously guys. And I mean this, I know I don't, uh, I got one, one team, your, one of your teams in my division and another in the same town, but, uh, I Double wish you me. well. I Thanks. wish you well. I, I do. I, I it would be nice to see both of your teams in the World Series. That would be a lot of fun for the podcast. Teams. It would be. It's it's weird to think that that the Royals are going to be either uh, the Mets or the Cubs in the World Series. It's, it's yeah. going to be a strange feeling. Well, yeah. If you would have told me a year ago, you know, it's going to be the Cubs or the Mets and the NL, I'd have been like, what? Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I mean, I you know, I a year ago I knew the Cubs were laying the foundation for something, but just you know, for it to be ready this soon. Um, you know, the, the Mets, they don't have anyone on par with Arietta, but they've got a better rotation top to bottom. You know, that's, oh, yeah, that, sure. that's, that's, oh, yeah. yeah, they're, they're two, three, four pitchers are a lot better than I would say are, you know, I mean, obviously <laughs> Lester and Arietta are the top two, yeah, but yeah. like after them, our, yeah, it's like who? Our, our three <laughs> after them compared to their three after the right. first, after, Harvey and, uh, was it Syndergaard? Syndergaard, DeGrom. DeGrom. DeGrom's really yeah. the A's. I mean, they got three studs, you know. Yeah, um, well, and, and like the bullpen, Mets. all the guys in the bullpen throw heat. Yeah, Familia. You know what I mean? And so, yeah. <laughs> La Familia. Yeah. La Familia. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Plesak loves Familia. He does, he does. Yeah. 
And I, um, one thing about the Mets, too, a guy that um, we've talked about it, I think, on this podcast before. It's a little bit of a mystery why he switched teams so many times. He must be, there must, something must be up. But uh, Cespedes has been, t- he, he tore it up for the Mets at the end of the year. I don't know oh, if you guys, he yeah. got him into, he helped get them yeah. in. The yeah. If you look at his numbers when he got traded to the Mets, it was like, you know, something like, you know, it was at the, it was near the trade deadline. So they're like, yeah. I don't know, like 50 games left, right? Yeah. 55 games left. It would have been like a good a good full season oh like yeah the numbers was, you know what i mean he, he had like 17 home runs like 50 some yeah. rbis yeah. he hit like 280 or something yeah. like yeah like he's 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 good and like i said he's a guy that i don't know if it's a clubhouse he's a pain thing. in the ass in the clubhouse I that's think. what i've heard yeah i've heard, i mean i boston, can't stand but i've A's, heard boston yeah detroit detroit i mean like a a, a young guy who has just a rocket for an arm and can, oh yeah and can hit you know the average yeah. the average yeah. isn't always there but he's right. got he's got pop you know four teams in two years like yeah really it's just like yeah four teams in a year and a half or something i'd take oh, him yeah. in a heartbeat i don't yeah. give a shit you know whatever if he could work it out in the club just glad i'm not a fan i gotta keep up with all those cards yeah right huh <laughs> yeah he's uh he's definitely he's modeled a few uniforms that's and and he's a free agent i assume so i think so yeah be in another one i would just next year unless the mets the mets resign uh, they probably should i would if they want like, i think a face I to yeah from, from this sample of play i think i think it he deserves the contract yeah whatever he gets so anyway but moving on um so uh, yeah good luck going forward guys i don't really have much to talk about you know i know i don't know levi if you saw this a buddy of mine um posted this on facebook and i thought it was as he mentioned uh, my buddy said a class move the White Sox on the giant screen uh, at Comiskey said, uh, congratulations, Cubs. Good luck in the NLCS. Oh, yeah? During, like, the last game or something? Uh, when they got to – when they beat the Cardinals. Huh. Like, it was it was just – you could see it from the interstate. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, okay. You could see it from, okay. Okay. from the nice. – Yeah. Okay. Huh. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the White Sox, they'll, they'll give you a shout-out when nobody's in that stadium. Right, exactly. <laughs> right? Backhanded, all right? But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, speaking of which, we're getting three new Jumbotrons next year. Oh, really? So, wow. Yeah. Wow. There you go. Slicing um, up the joint. Are they all going to have the spinners? <laughs> yeah, they're keeping the spinners. Yeah, I hope. So, I don't know. Whatever. I'd rather... <laughs> I'd rather spend that money on the field. There's going to be like seven million bucks. It's like we uh, uh-huh. get, get a little bit of bullpen help for that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, But anyway, so um, as as our listeners may know, uh, Levi is has relocated to Colorado. Um, we've been there what two, three months now, Levi, something like that. Uh, yeah, since the beginning of August. Okay, great, having fun, beautiful area. Um, and he's been working some shows in Boulder, and he was lucky enough to work two nights of Greg Allman, right? Which is going to, which segues into the focus of tonight. Um, we're going to talk about Southern Rock, um, kind of what that really even means, um, sort of how it's evolved over the years, maybe even some of the problems with it we'll talk about as well. Um, I certainly have, you know, uh, uh, some things. Some, some things to say good and bad about Southern Rock. Uh, but Levi, why don't you tell us a little bit about the shows, man? Um, what uh, what was it like? Well, yeah, I'm a, uh, a stagehand tech, and so for this show, I was uh, 
you know, we unload all their gear into the Boulder Theater, which is a great little uh, Art Deco type theater. Mm-hmm. Um, is it hold? To be honest, I do not know. Yeah, you're um, like under two thousand. No, yeah, no, yeah. I don't even know if it's like a thousand or twelve hundred even. Nice. Um, it's not a big place, and it's uh, like I said, they've left all the like nineteen fifties Art Deco type of style to it. Cool. And so it was really neat, and um. Yeah, I got to help set Greg Allman's organ, and he actually had two of them. They tour with a spare Hammond uh, B3, and the tech said the night before they had had to actually break it out and use it because uh, the main organ quit in the middle of a song. Ah, wow. So, yeah, that's, I guess, why you always pull two Hammonds off the bus. Or so the where trailer. do they, when they have to swap it out, does he just go to another organ, or do they literally move it off the stage and move the other one on? Uh, they're both sitting in, um, little flat dollies. So, yeah, I mean, if one dies, you can unhook it, wheel it off into the, into the wing where the other one is sitting, and then you wheel that one back out. And so, um, later that day, I asked again about it a little bit when we had a break, and the text said that it ended up actually being the Leslie. The Uh Leslie had gone out, and, um... The Leslie, for those that don't know, is a giant rotating speaker that you use in conjunction with a Hammond organ. Mm-hmm. It gives it that the the I don't know the typical like whoosh, the whirly whoosh, yeah. yeah the whirly sound. And so he had um, that day there. Once we got everything kind of set, he retubed the Leslie when we were there. Mm, wow! So, uh, yeah, it was cool to kind of watch that. Um, one one other note. The opening act, uh, both nights, was Richie Fury from Buffalo, Springfield, and Poco fame. No kidding. Who, yeah. who I guess is a resident of the Boulder area. He's a, He was a minister in the 80s. I don't yeah. know if he's still practicing. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, he's an important guy, man. I mean, he, oh, yeah, as yeah, far as look, to the I sound, mean, you know. Yeah. Even with – there was a, a record he did, I think. It was called like the – Fury Hillman. Yeah, with Chris Hillman, yeah. Yeah, oh, right. Fury Hillman yeah. band, I yeah. think. And um so yeah, that was neat. It was kind of cool to have like two classic rock guys there together. And I've always found Poco really underrated too, by the way. But go on. He still sounded really good, uh yeah. Richie Fury did. And Greg Oldman still sounds okay. Um I mean, by today, like, if you were someone who's never heard Greg Ullman before, you would be like, yeah, it was really good. Like, I'm not saying it was bad, but, like, I saw Greg Ullman in, like, the mid-90s or, like, you know, late 90s. And I could tell his voice was a little more booming then. Sure. And obviously, it's age. And I think he's had, like, what, like, liver surgery or... Yeah. He's had one of those surgeries, kidneys or liver or something. He's a weathered guy, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And so... It, it was just neat to to kind of be a part of it all. Oh. We uh like broke a loadout record of them. We uh, had them all loaded out onto their 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 semi and everything, and uh, it was like fifty six minutes or something. Levi well, uh, gets it done. But... Well, oh, yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. In, in the business, right back on the road, a, buddy. There's a motto, and it's uh, it goes, "It's all about the out." <laughs> all about the app nice yeah both of those shows sold out too right i believe so i think yeah. so i like greg on facebook and uh i think they are instagram one of the two and they 
he had posted that yeah. you know, I think they were sold out. So, um, is this possible that the capacity would be only eight hundred and fifty? Like I said, I didn't even know if it held a thousand. So yeah, that's yeah. probably right. Yeah, it's saying online eight eight fifty. Yeah. So wow, it, it's it's an intimate place, man. Wow. It really is. That's cool. That is cool. And I, you know, I, this is I guess a, you know a good transition to the topic. Um, to me, I was thinking kind of like who is the father of Southern rock, as as most people know it, I guess. Um, and it's probably him. You know, I mean, him and his brother, at least. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I would say yeah. It all starts with the Almonds. Oh, yeah, pretty yeah. much. I mean, I mean, there's influences in the Almonds, but, I, you know, like, yeah. you know, I mean, the Almonds yeah, are influenced I, by everybody from Coltrane to, to Otis it, Redding to Wilson Pickett, one, you know? Yeah. Yes. Once the Almonds got signed, then yeah. it was like the dominoes fell. It was Absolutely. like, then yeah, after them, it was Skinner. Then it was, you know, any of those Outlaws, bands coming Molly out of that Hatch, Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, the almonds definitely um, exemplify. You know, I mean, well, I shouldn't say they're the they they were the first southern rock band, as most people know, southern rock. I mean, I'm sure there were some others that that never like you know got the attention that the almonds did, but but yeah, they. Um, and and I was thinking about you know what what classifies southern rock yeah right other, like other other than the region obviously yeah but I mean, even the region well yeah like... like just because i'm in a band from key west florida does that mean i'm in southern right rock? and and texas texas is different you know like texas oh, yeah. texas yeah. is kind of the yeah. south but it's kind of not it's got its own unique culture that's well, different if, than some of the deep south you know i i yeah. know I know of zero bands that come out of New Orleans and call themselves Southern. Right, exactly. right. And it's exactly. and it's kind of strange to think that the Almonds are from Florida, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like originally from Florida, and yeah, then North they Florida. kind of moved to yeah. Georgia. Yeah. 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 Skinner's from Florida too. Skinner's yeah. from Jacksonville. Tom yeah. Petty is Tom, Tom Petty's from Gainesville. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And he's not normally lumped in with all yeah. of those bands. Um. Yeah, so you know, kind of like what classifies what what makes it other than other than the region? And I was the only thing I could really come up with, and I'm curious to get your you guys' take is there's a strand of the Almond Brothers in the sound. You know what I mean? Like it yeah. it might be it might be just a pinch, or it might be a whole big you know like ladle full. If, if I'm gonna go mm-hmm. like just prototypical, if I had to define it, I would say harmony guitar parts. Yes or vital yeah um i think a piano is probably you got to have somebody on a piano Mm -hmm. um other than that i think you can kind of spice it up other ways some have like a sax player some some have three guitars some have uh i i was always a fan of backup singers so i think i might make that that a requirement yeah yeah yeah, there's I mean, a gospel influence, yeah, you know, to certainly. a certain degree. I mean, yeah. some, some larger than others, you yeah. know. But yeah, um, and Levi, I was going to say exactly what you said in terms of guitars and pianos, uh, and to add to that, it's more of this kind of a ther- ethereal um, like attitude. I think there's an attitude that goes along with it. Obviously, like the extreme of that attitude is yeah. say Skinnerd. <laughs> Yeah, um, right. But then there's at least there, modern day Skinner. Yeah. Yeah. Then, then there's like a more subtle attitude about it, uh, just like a general defiance, I guess. Um, that maybe like like Chris Robinson would always bring 
uh, to the stage, and he still yeah. brings to the stage the middle finger to the establishment. Yeah, yeah. like a definite yeah. rebel, a rebel, right. and not not in the term of actually like a southern rebel right. without like draping the flag <laughs> yeah. around. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. But like, yeah, they definitely had that attitude for sure. And I think you know, talking about like draping the flag around it. I mean, shit, we we it it's unfortunate, but inevitably it comes up with southern rock. Um, you know, the um, a lot of bands, when you mention it, you know, they, they kind of want to shoo the label. And a part of me doesn't blame them. You know what I mean? Because, mm-hmm. like, I mean, I think the Crow, one of our favorite bands, the Black Crows, always eschewed the label because of probably what people associate with Southern Rock. Right, right. Which, to many people, and this this isn't necessarily dumb rednecks. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's oh, yeah. what people have. In their, and, yeah, and, sure. and so I could see why a band like the Crows, oh, yeah. who have a lot of different influences that, I think a lot of people that don't listen to them regularly don't really hear. Um, I, I could see why they'd run a run in the other direction when you when when you when you put that label on somebody. So I don't I don't blame them um, because you know when you think of Southern Rock sometimes and I, and I mean this respectfully because I like I like Molly Hatchet but you know you think of that or or even Skinner to a certain degree Thirty Eight Special Thirty Eight Special right yeah um, some of the Gosh, I'm trying to think it's too strong. Some of the, the some of it that's so in your face. You know? well, it's, yeah. it's the stereotypical like they're the ones that have the the flags on the album covers and right. yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. It uh, uh, just really heavy you know, handed. Yeah, a majority of the songs are like boozing, cruising, women. Yeah, you, know you don't I mean? hear that in the Black Crows or Widespread Pain. No, or, I mean, it's, right. it's not like or, one of those you know, bands Hey, R.E.M.'s had... from Athens. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I mean right. But, it, but it's yeah. not like those, like R.E.M. or the Crows never had songs about partying or anything. Sure. It's sure. just the way they they, they presented they it. Presented yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, I agree definitely that if the Almonds started it, it, it kind of like got taken somewhere else by like Skinnerd. Skinnerd kind of like took it more to the forefront of mainstream. Mm-hmm. I would say they were the most popular, obviously, Southern rock band. It was less like, jazzy than the Almonds, like yeah. more, more radio friendly. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. Like, the main... and to get deep nerdy on Skinnerd, like I really would have liked to heard the album after Street Survivors. Me too. Because yeah. there are parts of that record that have kind of like jazzy rock fusion type influences. Yeah. Well, yeah. let, let, let's focus on Skinner for a little bit, yeah. guys, because it, they do, you know, we can always hop back to the other acts that we were talking about. Well, yeah, I figure we, um, we need to get the big one out of the way. Yeah. That's, that's Skinner. I'll, sure. I'll say this because I, I am going to say some harsh things about Skinner, newer Skinner here in a little well, bit. And oh, yeah. I know Jonathan's probably got some of them as well. Um, but I, I want to say this, like I preface this with I love the original Leonard Skinner. I, I like the golden era. I mean, I think the, I think I think they're one of the best bands oh, yeah. of all time. You know, like what the material, the 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 density of the material they put out within basically four or five years, yeah. you know, seventy three to seventy seven. I mean, stands up with anybody. Yeah, well, they're, the, they're the Beatles of Southern Rock. I, I mean, I don't think I don't like from the golden era pre crash. I don't think they have a bad song. No. Yeah, I, I, those I, albums. I've listened to all the album. What's that? Those albums are just packed. Oh yeah, awesome. They're yeah. awesome <laughs> records and. Yeah. You know, just the and like I'm with Levi when he says, you know, what they would have done after Street Survivors, it breaks my heart as well because I think Steve Gaines was such a great addition to the band yeah. and su- such a good guitarist. Um, to have him and Gary and Alan and Alan Collins is one of my favorite guitarists, um, particularly his stage presence as well, just the gangly fucker just jumping up and down, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
and you know it's as much as you know i i i don't like what new skinner's done it's uh it's just a, a band that's been it's just had so much tragedy happen to it even after the crash you know with mm-hmm. alan getting in the car accident and leon dying and then billy dying a couple of years ago uh billy powell and leon wilkerson um you know they've for what's left of them you know they've obviously they're they're road warriors and they're 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 They've got a lot of scars. And, and yeah, and I mean, I will. I can see it from a perspective of being like a guy backstage. You know what I mean? And so the thing I want to give them credit for is that when you're in a band and you're in a situation like that, you're 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 a family. And so they they kept that family together. Right. Yeah. Through all that bullshit. Yeah. And so. You know what I mean? And throughout all the years, like if the guys were able to play or weren't in trouble for nailing underage girls, Artemis, <laughs> um, like they would try and get you in the band. And if the, if it couldn't work, it didn't work. But that that was the Skinner family, and they, I mean, for better or worse, they needed a fucking paycheck, and yeah, so they yeah. kept the family together. Yeah, and so I thought it was cool how they kind of turned it into into a resting area for like Southern rock heroes. Huey Thomasman was in Skinner. Oh yeah. And then they got Medlock from from Blackfoot. He almost kind of counts as an original member. Yeah. Like he he jammed with them originally, you know? Yeah. He was in Blackfoot. But I I think that was kind of neat how they, they invited other Southern rock icons to be with them. Yeah. Just because it was a family. And I, nowadays, yeah, I, I don't like their, I don't like their, their, I don't know. I just don't I like mean, their vibe or yeah. what, their, what, what their stereotype they've become. Exactly. They've become yeah. like a That's bloated, exactly bloated version of their old self. Yes. Yeah. Some things are better left. To, some things need to end at some yeah. point. And this is one of those that never did. And it was kind of like this with the dead, man. If you were really into the dead and you liked them in the 70s and 80s, and it was like 1994, early 95. You were like, dude, they need to give it fucking up. Like Jerry is, Jerry's wore the fuck out. Right. And so the, the, to me, this is kind of how Skinner is, man. I heard Gary Rosenton, I think, had a heart attack or something. He did, so yeah. Did. And I wish him well. Um, yeah, God bless him. Yeah. It's but tough, they, man. At the end of the day, you always need a paycheck. You gotta, you gotta, yeah. you gotta put food on the table for your family and shit. Yeah, I mean, shit, he was, what, probably 28 years old when that crash happened, you know? What the hell else yeah. was he supposed yeah. to do? Yeah. I get it. Um, and, you know, they took a break. I mean, they didn't come back until, like, be the band they are today until, like, 87 Collins, or 88. The Rosington Collins album, I want to say, is awesome. I, I like that, Rosington, that Gary Rosington Collins. It's the got Rosington that Dale Krantz, as well. the uh, yeah. female vocalist on it, as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah and... So I, I'm with you. I mean, I, you know, I don't I never when there's like a legacy act like that, I don't blame surviving members for going on like I used to, because, you know, you you have families like you, you do what you need to do. It's not like Gary Rossington had a law degree to fall back on or something, you know, well, yeah, like, and, I get and the it. Thing is we just have such an emotional connection to the old. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
And so it's sad to see what it's become now. Well, if you go see them live, they're just going to play those old songs. <laughs> right. So, right. For a band that puts out a lot of new material, they sure in the hell, in, a, in an era when CDs don't sell, they sure in the hell, they, 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 sure, they don't play any of those songs live. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I just, I listened to some of their recent material today while I was working. Me too. And, and I, you know, an album called God and Guns. Listen, I'll be the first to admit a little bias here. I probably didn't like the album before I even heard a note. All <laughs> right, it's called God and Guns, for God's sakes. All right. Um, Might as well at the end said, "Brought to you by NASCAR." It, it's so, <laughs> say, it's so fucking terrible. It's, it's like it's yeah. new country. It's just it's right. right. It's like it's 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 stereotypical. It's, it's if you it's didn't dumb. look at it's it, you dumb. wouldn't have known who it was. No, no, no. And I, listen, I don't expect them to sound like 1976. They're older. Nobody except for Gary is in the band who was an original member. And, and you know, most artists, no matter how talented they are, it's it's kind of lightning in a jar. You know what I mean? That's why. Sure. That's why a new who record isn't going to sound that good in 2015. That's why. But at least it still kind of like sounds like not that it funny did. anymore because he's not 22 and he's not yeah. hungry for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just anyway. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, God, I listened to God and Guns today at work, and it's so awful. It's just I'll I'll say here, um, and I I've listened to it, and Jonathan probably listened to it in the same way on our do. Mm-hmm. I definitely didn't sure in the hell didn't buy the thing. Um, but these, this, I just want to read a couple sentences from this RDO review of it, um, because I think this dude, uh, Steve Leggett, whoever that is, said it pretty well, like kind of like the new, the old Skinnerd versus the new Skinnerd. Um, he says here, uh, I'm sorry here, um, but he's talking about this album here. But what's missing, unfortunately, is compassion and heart two qualities that were the secret ingredients in Ronnie Van Zant's singing. Johnny sounds like him, sure, but where Ronnie came across slightly disappointed, wounded, and God forbid regretful underneath his swagger, Johnny comes across like an like an archetype of a southern redneck, convinced that America is all about guns and God. One assumes Ronnie would wonder if those two things were ever a good idea to mix in the first place. <laughs> Fucking wow. A. Wow. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. There are there is some good uh, reviews. Uh, yeah. I, and I, I'm assuming kind of uh, pseudo amateur reviews on yeah. audio that, that, that are well done. Because that's not a guy that's like, this is dumb rednecks. Skinner is dumb. You know what I right. mean? That's a guy yeah. that's like. He's he knowledgeable. What, yeah. Yeah. He gets yeah. what Ronnie was trying to say. And right. Ronnie Van Zant was a hell of a songwriter yeah. and just a, just a storyteller, really. Um, and a guy who wasn't for lack of a better term, a dumb redneck, you know, like he was, Ronnie Van Zandt was a sharp dude. Um, You know, his, uh, his dig at Neil Young, even one of our favorite musicians was clever. Yeah. And like, and not as, Oh yeah. And it was kind of as as people thought it was, you know, yeah. Fuck Neil got a kick out of it. You know I mean? So yeah. Yeah. Um, It was a good retort, you know, for, I, I think for two artists I admire tremendously. So, yeah, yeah, and I think you know one of the things that bothered me about that album was just the sound of it. Yeah, the sound of the vocals and and the guitars. It, it didn't have uh, another 
important element, I think, of Southern Rock, which is kind of a production style that that gives enough room to have multiple guitars and to really let those vocals breathe and be a bit more personal. But but on the on that on the God and Guns, it was just it was really in your oh, face yeah. and just hard rock production value, like hard yeah. rock production value. Um, like Nickelback sounding. Yeah. 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 And, and so the, that caught me off guard. And the lyrical content. I mean, hey, whatever. Your well, politics. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your politics don't have to be the same as mine. Whatever. Right. right. But like, you know, like one of the songs is called like, you know, this ain't my America or this is something like that. It's like, tell me what you mean by that. <laughs> did that happen? Did that this isn't my America happen after a certain guy got elected maybe by any chance? <laughs> Maybe a certain guy with not the same color of skin as you. Like, is, is that is that when the America started to fade, Johnny? Like, fuck you. Uh... Like, like, you know, it's just like, it's, 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 like an, it's a Tea Party rally set to music. All right? I mean, it's what it is. And that's what sucks is because you, you want to hope and believe that that's not where this band would have ended up yeah. if Ronnie Van Zandt was still around. No, hell no. I he mean, just seems to have Saturday way too Night much... Special, for God's yeah. sakes. Yeah. You know, it's a song yeah. about gun control. Well, and simple. that's what yeah. I mean. Yeah. And so, yeah. It is. And I, totally. I, and I. Original Skinner. Like sensible does, gun control. Yeah. yeah. Totally uh, original era Skinner like that is the band from the South that. That I, made me think that not everybody from the South is like a, exactly. a dumb redneck. Yeah. And now what's sad is that they've become the band for dumb rednecks. Yeah, they have. Unofficially. Yeah, a caricature, yeah. 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 And you know what, people, yeah. that, if we piss off by saying this, like, we probably know more about Skinner than they do. Just, just, so I'm not going to... I have all their original here, records on the like, shelf. Yeah, the I, yeah, dude, I, 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 was, I was listening to the bootleg of Winterland 76 today, all right? So <laughs> don't give me this shit. Like, I don't... The okay. Right. From okay, Chicago like, Boy. My favorite Skinner song, okay? So, <laughs> come on here, all right? No, yeah. yeah, we're, I'm just, we're talking about what they've become. Yeah. yeah. That's not yeah. where they started. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know... I, uh, I I have to admit I chuckle every time I see Johnny Cold in a photo. Um, uh, but uh, listen, whatever we all we all got to do what we got to do. Yep. Um, Johnny, if you're listening, buddy, you're welcome <laughs> on the podcast anytime. All right, <laughs> we we meant all that stuff about them, not you. All right, <laughs> so well, obviously, uh, yeah. Tell right. us about the machine. I mean, like. Ronnie seemed like just a really deep thinker and smart dude. Johnny kind of seems like a dumbass. Johnny Van Zandt, that is. Well, and the, yeah. yeah. And the sad part is now Johnny's got more tenure in the band than his brother had. He's been you know, in the band for 30 years almost now. Yeah. 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 So. yeah. And uh, it, I'm with Jonathan, too, just to jump back to the production values. You know, I just – it's just it's just so it's, – it's just a really gross sound. If anyone hasn't heard it, uh, the – album god and guns from 2009 just you know yeah it's like, gonna vomit to pique your interest go go give it a spin for two and a half minutes right 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 <laughs> it really, know, may, like, really makes you appreciate listen, some people might like I, I i as i get older i try to employ that well as long as it makes someone's happy attitude but let's face it this podcast wouldn't be very fucking interesting if that was the <laughs> idea we always employed. <laughs> right so yeah. everybody's awesome yeah. So so yeah, that that's 
that, that you know that, that I think that's encapsulates Skinner pretty well. Well, yeah, and you know, At I want to 2015. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to. I'm gonna do a quick rundown of a few notables that I was gonna uh, mention. That um, I always thought it was unusual how Molly Hatchet had like Boris Vallejo album covers. <laughs> like it was fucking like heavy metal, like right. Don Felder shit. <laughs> but like you would put the record on and it was like totally not that yeah. kind of music. <laughs> I just thought that was so fucking awesome. weird. Like, but like Molly Hatchet was big. They sold records. Yeah. What's the story? Like, how did they hook up with I, I that? Don't, I don't know. I don't know. Somebody how that in the story. band was a big fan. Didn't, uh, didn't Greg produce flirting with disaster? He might have. Maybe, yeah. He, he was involved. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he was involved somehow with that record from 70. I think it's like 79 or something like that. Um, There was a band called Cowboy who had a guy named Scott Boyer in it. And Scott Boyer was in this band in like 60. I'm not sure exactly what 60 year. He's right. in the 60s. He's in a band with Butch Trucks. It's Butch Trucks' first band, and they were... Oh, called... nice. It's a very odd, very 60s band name, the 31st of February. <laughs> oh, yeah, total, total <laughs> strawberry alarm clock, the 31st yeah, of February. Right. I tomorrow. Right? Yeah. And so uh, <laughs> he ended up, obviously, Butch Trucks ended up playing with Allman Brothers and becoming famous that way. Well, the Scott Boyer got with a um, guy by the last name of Talton, and so you would always see on their records Boyer and Talton, like as the credits. And um, they have a, a self, they got signed to Capricorn, which was the Allman Brothers record label, right. believe it or not. An important uh, important uh, label to the Oh, genre. yeah, in the South. Oh, yeah. A central label to the yeah. genre, yeah. really. Yeah. And uh, JMO is on the record with them. And uh, the I thought that drummer. was neat yeah. how he get JMO gets around. He's on a few uh, a few of those records. Yeah. And um, a guy by the name of Randall Bramlett plays oh, on yeah. the mm-hmm. as well. Yep. So it was kind of cool because I had never heard this band. And so mm-hmm. I was thumbing through the records and I see Cowboy, self-titled. So I flip the back. I see it's on Capricorn. I'm like, well, I've never really hated a Capricorn record. You know what I mean? Like, I've liked most of the artists. I've you can't go wrong with any of their 70s stuff. And so then, yeah, then I saw it was like J-Mo and Randall Bramlett were on mm-hmm. it. And I was like, well, hey. And it's actually, it's, it's part of a genre that i was going to 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 coin uh, southern yacht rock <laughs> nice <laughs> and like so it. I, there's yes. definitely uh, uh, the late 70s early 80s there was a vein of southern yacht rock bands like wet willy were mm-hmm. definitely southern yacht rock uh the amazing rhythm aces yeah third rate romance that's definitely southern yacht rock uh Ozark, um, Ozark uh, Mountain Daredevils. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Jackie Blue. Oh yeah, if you want to get to heaven, <laughs> that's a you got to raise a little hell. That's a killer tune. That's a. Oh yeah, uh, and so I just Gabriel thought that was cool. That how there's like night. offshoots of Southern Rock. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to mention that one for sure. Yeah, no, the good good mentions, man. Actually, they um uh, uh cowboy is on that uh, Greg Allman solo live record. Okay. From '75. I think, mm. and he plays a couple songs with Cowboy on okay. there. I think they opened nice. that tour. Nice. Yeah. Like if you try to look them up on the internet, you type in Cowboy band, it's, it's tough. like you can't it's get tough. nothing. Yeah. Right. So the if you only go into... way I can find stuff is yeah. Cowboy Boyer Talton T A L T O N. Um, 
RDO only has Five Will Get You Ten, which is their second record. The which first is an one awesome on album the title, first one on on Capricorn, yeah. and, and it's in its numeral five apostrophe LL, which makes it even okay. awesomer. Yeah, <laughs> Five Will Get You Ten, but yeah, that that's the only one that's on RDO. But nice. nice. Well, yeah, and so I was going to. Uh... Yeah, we're mentioned. talking about some of the lesser-known acts. That, yeah, you know. yeah. That was one thing I kind of wanted to mention. That and um, how in the 80s and 90s there was like a rebirth, obviously. Mm-hmm. One of our favorite bands, the Black Crows, came out of that. Um, kind of like a precursor to them were the Satellites, the Georgia the satellites, satellites. Yeah, For sure. I, I consider yeah. them a Southern rock band. Driving and crying. Driving and I crying, yeah. I think driving... Driving and crying, I go back and forth on in terms of being Southern rock. I think they're actually a bit more just uh, kind of independent rock and punk. But at the same time, it's totally, um, you know, the mentality. And and I consider Kevin Kenny the poet laureate of, of Southern rock. There we go. Um, He's a good uh, one. Uh, nice. But no, I, I think I think Kevin Kenny's contributions to rock and roll I think in you the can South and label overall. Them Southern rock. And, and with the Crows, I think you can label you can label Shake Your Money Maker Southern rock. Oh, definitely. Not nothing. Absolutely. Nothing else. Well, yeah. they, did. they evolved yeah. beyond it after that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, Southern Harmony. Some parts to of an Southern extent, Harmony. And, um, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Well, in, in, any of, album Chuck Lavelle's on really gonna, came. Gonna What's that, Levi? I said. Any album with Chuck Lavelle is gonna gonna be called Southern Rock. Right. I, I think what happens though, um, because Southern Rock um, kind of embraces this. Uh, uh, Levi, you mentioned it. This this kind of ballad mentality, and it's a, and it, it's like the yeah. blues ballad, it, and, it, and it's not just yeah. a blues song, but it's it's also this ballad that gives you a lot of room for instrumentation. And, you know, and it's like Bad Luck, Blue Eyes, Goodbye, that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. um, and a lot of the Almond stuff is, you know, a lot of that yeah. is just, it's ballads uh, yeah. when you really break it down. And it's, and it, when it's not, it's just, she's driving, you know, guitars, tour de force sorts of stuff. And because I think, Levi, you mentioned it with Elvin Bishop. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and what's funny is Elvin Bishop, I consider Southern Rock Boogie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's definitely from that boogie vein of the Southern rock. And um, you can put Black Oak, Arkansas. In his there. biggest yeah. hit, his his biggest hit is is a ballad. Yeah, yeah, for sure. With yeah. Mickey uh, Thomas singing it. Yeah, pulled around and fell in love. Great, great junior high dance song for the ages. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well you mentioned Levi. That's segue next to mine here. Um, I uh, you mentioned Southern yacht rock and some of the lesser known acts. I'll go one another, another sort of corner of Southern rock, uh, Southern fusion. Yes. All right. Which That's I think does exist. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously the almonds. It starts with the almonds had a jazz influence. Oh, right? and they and every time that they had an instrumental on an album, it was nominated for a Grammy. They yeah, were always right. nominated for their instrumentals. Right. <laughs> right. So the almonds had a big jazz influence. You know, big Coltrane influence on the almonds. Right. Um. And so two bands that really where the jazz was more prevalent than the rock, I guess, sort yeah. of, for lack of a better degree. Um, two bands that I've been listening to a lot of lately, Sea um, Level with Chuck Lavelle. Um, yeah. Their first couple records uh, are great that came out. Uh, and then also um, another band, uh, Dixie Dregs, who I like a lot. Um, Steve Morris. Steve Morris is yeah, they're a way really good there. guitarist. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so Freefall is great if anybody hasn't picked it up lately, and Night of the Living Dregs is is awesome as well. Yep. Um, they've got about three records though from their golden era, you know, like late seventies to early eighties, yeah. that are just great. I, I love. I've been listening to the hell out of them lately, and they're a talented crew. Um, you know, it's funny that we mentioned that. I was thinking about this the other day. Steve Morris, um, the guitarist from Dixie Dregs, and kind of the brainchild of it, one of the brainchild. Uh, children of it you know he plays in deep purple now steve morris does um and his influences are a lot like tommy boland's you know tom boland also had a fusion jazzy Mm -hmm. influence and also tommy boland played in deep purple as well you know so um just yeah just the versatility i have an album of influences uh... if there's any guitarist that reminds me of tommy boland it would be steve morris yeah Yeah. good point yeah. I have an album from 82 of theirs called Industry Standard. That's yeah. Really yeah, I, I like them all, man. Um, you know, they all kind of they all sound kind of similar, but they're all they're all good. You know, yeah, um, you know what you're getting. Yeah. yeah Steve yeah. Morse has always kind of been a guitar player's guitar player. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Have you guys seen him, too, man? Buff. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Steve Morse is in really good shape, dude. Oh, yeah. Right, <laughs> yeah. He's definitely shredded. Definitely you like, lick and kick you know, after, after they get done playing <laughs> Deep Purple every night, he's doing crutches or something. Yeah. It's, uh, Gotta stay healthy on the um, road, bro. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, now, I, I think that the fusion end, the, the, the jazz influence yeah. on Southern rock is really important. Mm-hmm. I think it's a big Absolutely. deal. And obviously, bands like Sea Level, sea level took it to another. Yeah. Level. Well, yeah. And, and part of that fusion. The, the the southern rock fusion is right where that yacht rock they like yeah. butt up together yeah yeah, yeah. that sea level you know I mean? um god what's it called their like their third record or so that's like uh it's got all of them on a dock on it so obviously it's yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. right yeah. <laughs> right it's got it i forgot what it's called offhand um, i think i have that one you know what i'm talking about it's yeah. from like 79 it's um ah shit what is it hold on but I think when you have more than one of those guitars going, it's inevitable that you're going to get that fusion, uh, that fusion sound because you're matching the guitars. You know, Dwayne, Dwayne and Dickie would do it all the time. Yeah. Uh, but you match those guitar licks, and then you kind of go off onto your own thing simultaneously, and then all of a sudden it's like that very easily gets into the fusion realm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. And that's that's rooted in jazz. jazz. Yeah. You know. Yeah. The album's called Long Walk on a Short Pier. Okay. Is so the album I was thinking of, and it's it's. It definitely goes into more of the yacht rock territory. Like it sounds a little bit less like, you know, Dixie Dregs and more a little bit more, um, you know, I don't know, Seals and Croft or something. Yeah, but it's it, yeah. it, at least a couple of the tunes. Well, and the Dregs were really the Dregs were a really good bridge. Yeah, you know what I mean. They came along towards the end of the seventies, right, and went into the eighties, early eighties. Exactly. And yeah, kind of helped bridge the sound of Southern rock mm-hmm. from then to there. So the bands, like I said, like the Satellites came along and they kind of took the helm for a while. Um, the Kentucky Headhunters, yeah. I consider them like a They're Southern fun. rock. I mean, yeah. they were played on country radio, but if you listen to it, it sounds like Southern rock. I think so. Yeah. Um, Pride and Glory was Pride and Glory. Well, well, let's, let's I go, think, I, yeah, I think that was a seminal album. Yeah. For the yeah. next phase of Southern rock. I know we're all, all three of us are big fans of that one. Oh, yeah. Um, we, you know, in a, in a heavier note as well, um, you know, I uh, I think the I think the first down record is great. Nola from 95. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's if there's southern metal. That's, well, and no. And so perfect yeah. segue, bro, because 
there was a band that kind of was the bridge from that, and that was a band called Raging Slab. Oh, and I mentioned Slab. them in yeah. a previous podcast, and yeah. Raging Slab, um, I mean, for stereotypical purposes, they were considered Skinner meets Metallica. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that allowed bands then, you know, there was bands like Down, which obviously... That's like Skinner meets Sabbath. Well, yeah. And, and if you want to, mm-hmm. you know, Down's... The, the father of Down is Pantera. Oh, Pantera yeah. is a metal band, but Pantera is a southern rock band. Oh, yeah, it there's a strand of southern rock in Pantera. Big one, actually. Yeah. Yeah, man, absolutely. And look, is there like a new class of people? I mean, I would consider maybe like Jonathan, you mentioned when we were talking earlier about Band of Horses that, yeah. you know, they're 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 from I mean, they're mm-hmm. they're based in Charleston now. Um, and, you know, some of their songs, it's more pronounced than others, but it's there. You know, I mean, it yeah. might it might just yeah. be, not, you know, a, in an eyedropper rather than a, you know, a big spoonful. But yeah. it's there. Um, also, I, you know, Jason Isbell. Um, yeah. To a certain degree, you know, with well, particularly his work in Drive By Truckers, but even his solo mm-hmm. stuff as well. MMJ. Yeah, in my morning jacket, you know, to a certain degree. I mean, like in my morning. Yeah, jacket. like I would agree with all of this. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like, my... I I think like a true Southern rock band, I think is still hopefully in a garage somewhere with like long fucking hair. Yeah. And and three guitars somewhere, trying to play that type. You know what I mean? I'm going to always hold out that there's another American miner out there. <laughs> you like those guys, man. So I can mention them. They're, they're yeah. one of the best bands that never fucking made it. Uh, they're a good one, man. If you're into Southern Rock, that record is excellent. It is a good one, man. Yeah, that's the. So, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, another band that I don't know if you guys have heard, I don't even. I don't know if they're like kind of like a part time thing now or not. They kind of got a little bit of buzz a few years ago. Um, it's almost like gothic southern rock, but like gothic, but gothic in the lyrical content. But you know, there's kind of some ambience to it. Like there's if if, if there's like a southern Radiohead, it might be them. Um, yeah. There's a band called Dead Confederate. I don't know if you guys have ever heard. I've um, heard of them. Yeah, I, and like I said, I, I they might just kind of be a part time thing now. I don't really think they're that active anymore. Um, they, they had a little bit of buzz about four or five years ago and I check it out. It's, it's definitely, um, unique, you know, yeah. it's like, I mean, the songs are kind of slow and kind of just sort of, sort of droney, but at the same time, you know, like the, it, it's got like, you know, the howling guitars as well, but they, they howl slowly, you know, it's, I, I, I recommend checking them out. I think you guys might dig them. Right um, it's, it's definitely okay. not your upbeat Southern rock. Yeah. You know, yeah. And but, I mean, uh, and that's I, I'm totally that's what I'm a sucker for is the is the two or three guitars and a piano and yeah. and a singer strutting around kind of a thing and Marsha Tucker we haven't talked about Marsha Tucker right I I was gonna mention we have right. one, one of the, the best most, yeah we saved one of the best for last I guess yeah well, well, I, I like I, I don't understand why they are not mentioned in conversations with being as big as Skinner. Yeah. Like I just don't see how Marshall Tucker band didn't eclipse them, but they didn't. Well, they were like Tucker was more like the Almonds in the sense that they were jazzier. Yeah, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, saxophone, yeah. prominent saxophone, flute. Yep. You know, yeah. yeah. Um definitely. Yeah, they were they were more like the Almonds. Another band that of of kind of one of the bigger names of Southern Rock mentioned. Everybody obviously mentions the Almonds and Skinner first, and then kinda of you get to you get to Tucker. 
uh, the outlaws as well. Um, uh, I, they're, their mid '70s stuff is is really solid. You know, it's 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 more like Skinnerd in the sense that it's a little more it's poppier and it's a little more radio friendly. Yeah. But um, I've got a couple of their live bootlegs, um, and they, they jam live really good. I mean, the Green Grass and High Tides are like 20 minutes and stuff. Like, so, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, and I, I honestly I think for like a Southern rock pop tune of the '70s, I think There Goes Another Love Song is like one of oh yeah, no oh, yeah, one of my favorite song... tunes. Yeah. It's just a river, that man. song is the birth of 38 special yeah without right. that song there is no 38 special yeah yeah really good and they've got um uh, an underrated live record too um it was recorded actually down the road here at the aragon some of it was um it's from like 78 um god the title of it escapes me at the moment it's a it's the classic 70s double live you know um yeah. But yeah, it's good. I, I recommend it as well. It's um, yeah, they were a great band. Yeah, I, I like the Outlaws a lot. Um, less of a jazzier element, but um, certainly. Uh, so we haven't um, we haven't really discussed um, the impact of Warren Haynes or Government Mule. On we Southern haven't. Rock. Yeah, because um, there's a lot of ground. Because I, I, I think uh, the, the, one of the most important contributions of Warren Haynes' career is resurrecting the Allman Brothers in the I was late, mention in that the late early, 80s and uh, early 90s, where he took on a lot of the burden of the songwriting mm-hmm. and got them seven going turns. again. Yeah, uh, yeah, seven turns, um, uh, uh, bringing it all back home. I mean, just uh, yeah. that's what got me into the Allman Brothers. Oh yeah, and their live albums from then are excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like first, that set, second set, yeah, the, right. That second set, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. What um, you know, it really kind of gave it a whole nother boost throughout the 90s where i mean the almonds were incessantly touring oh yeah yeah absolutely and they they kind of rebuilt their legacy definitely Mm -hmm. um and it also set up this uh uh, this line of guitarists that would come through the almonds you know along with Derek trucks and and so forth uh to you know kind of build a reputation and then what they were what you know uh alan woody and, and warren haynes were able to do by forming government mule on the side uh, and I think they're definitely part oh, yeah. Southern rock, but a part, a lot of other things you talk about jazz yeah. and, uh, sure, and blues. Um, uh, but well, that's and the, and really the almonds are rare in the fact that they got a second chance like that, like yeah. you said, yeah. because not a lot of bands do. I mean, yeah. And that goes to show how good Warren Haynes and Alan Woody were because, Oh God. Yeah. Uh, Skinner. Why couldn't Skinner do it? You know what I mean? Skinner didn't have someone come into the band that had that much talent. Right. They could, they could write good material. That's you know? what I mean. Skinner, like, it's been, you, you know it's been what a I legacy mean? for the last yeah, 30 years. Yeah. You and know? so, like, what, you know, why Nostalgia, didn't Skinner ever say. try and get somebody in the 80s or 90s fresh and yeah. create a new legacy for themselves? Like, put Dan Seals. And, and, and that's yeah, why I think they're, that's where they're at. Dan where Baird and Skinner or something, you know? Anyway, that's, go why, ahead. that's why Skinner is the band we do not like today because they never, they never took that fucking leap they never took that chance to try yeah. and create a new legacy for themselves yeah. they rode on the coattails of their past absolutely well yeah. put levi yeah. yeah so uh but yeah and warren is is certainly extremely important to, oh yeah to uh to regional music but also just music rock and roll in general but yeah yeah you know i don't I, he's a guy that I, I we talked about a little bit on the show i don't listen to him as much as i used to right uh but certainly he's got a special place um, oh yeah, he, he's an untouchable in the Hall of Fame for sure. Absolutely, yes. Excellent, excellent, yeah. excellent. 
Right. All right. We could go on and on and on. I mean, could, why, why uh, panic? Even like what oh, yeah. they were able to do as a jam right? band. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, well, we we won't go on all night, but um, do you guys who have... we missed? Like, like that's we need to. We need to. I want to hear from people who we missed. Yeah. yeah. Online. Yeah. If there's some yeah. southern rock out there that we didn't cover tonight, that's that's good. Uh, just please post it on Facebook. Or um, you know you can you can tweet to us. We're at Rock In. That is Rock In, as in um, uh, No More Garcia Para was a great shortstop. I don't I don't know. Maybe North City All Stars. I really need yeah. to start writing these down. Yeah. And um, but anyway, at Rock In Chew on Twitter and Instagram, and then also like us on Facebook. Uh, please share any Southern rock acts that we didn't get to tonight that you like. Um, well, we'll get to that portion of the show now where we talk about something we've been listening to lately. So, uh, Levi, why don't you start us off, man? Do you have a recommendation for everybody? Yeah, here, let me pull it. Dun, dun, dun. It is the first album by a band called the blasters. Oh, nice. Good, good, yeah. good, good. It's yeah. excellent. Uh, Dave and Phil Alvin, kind of keeping the uh, southern rockabilly thing, I guess oh, yeah. you could say. Yeah. Um, they were, were keeping that thing going. This is like like eighty two or something like that, eighty one. So they definitely it wasn't popular at the time to right. go out and see a rockabilly band in nineteen eighty one. They had played in Springfield last weekend. Believe it or not, somehow Springfield, Illinois got Phil Blasters? and Dave Alvin. Oh, sh- Phil, just Phil and Dave. Okay. But I would assume they played some Blaster stuff. You know what I mean? I, yeah. But like, yeah, they've got back together and done a tour. And um, the Knights of Columbus Hall in Springfield, Illinois somehow Whoa. got to play there. <laughs> and so I was kind of bummed that I couldn't go. But right. uh, I was at the record shop and I was thumbing through new arrivals and saw that hmm. and it was two dollars, and it's like brand new. So yeah, blasters. Nice. There you go. Nice. A uh, little fun fact. I believe it was Dave. I think it was Dave. Dave Alvin wrote "Long White Cadillac" that became a hit for Dwight Yoakam. Ah, oh, yeah. nice. Right. Yeah, nice. Um, well, I'll segue into uh, an album I also bought in the state of Colorado. Nice. Uh, in Denver, and this is John Hammond's Southern Fried. John Ooh. Hammond, traditionally uh, a, a blues artist through and through, but Southern Fried is one of his uh, deep forays into um, electric, you know, full band uh, music. And this actually, uh, Dwayne Allman is on about four songs on here. And uh, John Hammond is one of my favorite blues artists of all time. And uh, the way he, he interprets these songs, and it's Southern Fried in, in a pretty um, uh, pretty literal sense in that you know he's turning these traditional blues songs into uh, more, more Southern rock songs. And, uh, uh, and, it's, and it's fun to hear him tear it up, uh, along with Wayne Allman on a few cuts too. So, and it's kind of hard to find, um, but it is on Yeah, Octaves. I've never seen that one. Yeah, 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 I've only ever seen it at a place I got, uh, I happened to stumble upon it in Denver. Nice. Yeah. Nice. You know, I'm going to give a recommendation that's a little bit in the vein of what we've been discussing tonight. And, you know, Levi might remember this is actually one of the first concerts I ever saw. Levi and I saw it in 93. Marty Stewart, Hillbilly Rock. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You know, if if you uh, 
you know, Marty Stewart's respected. You know, he's he's uh, obviously he this album was a big country album when it came out in 1989, I believe. Yeah. Um, I would say it, with the passing of like all the giants that we've had now, like George Jones and Johnny Cash, he's kind of revered now as one of the like elder statesmen yeah. of country music. And he's, you know, he's such a, you know, he's kind of like Ricky Skaggs in the sense that he's big. He can play bluegrass too. If he wants to, yeah. you know, he's, he's a good songwriter. Um, I've seen him live before and his band smokes. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, check out if you're, if you're looking to have a little bit of fun, um, but not to get too corny. Uh, check out Hillbilly Rock from 1989 by Marty Stewart. Yeah. Uh, I think you'll have a lot of fun. Um, you know, he does Cry, Cry, Cry by Johnny Cash. Um, yeah, it, it's 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 a really it's a really solid record, man. You know, uh, perfect length of 10 tunes, you know, for for uh, um, for an LP like that. So. Well, and obviously he had a a long career after that record yeah oh yeah but that was a really cool era of country where they were kind of given anybody who had talent a contract like it didn't necessarily matter what you looked like that was really yeah exactly that was really before it it started to go south yeah i mean there were people like sammy kershaw and colin ray and right i mean there you know there were people that necessarily weren't ken dolls but they became popular country music artists sure and um, yeah, and and Stewart's a, a good player. He can he tears up the Telecaster as well. Um, so yeah, check out Marty Stewart, nice. Hillbilly Rock. Don't be afraid of it. You know what I mean? Like okay. you might you oh, might yeah. think you know this this really isn't for me. No, no, you'll be watching it on YouTube. Next thing you know, you're watching some Dwight Yoakam. Then you're going to like oh, nothing wrong with that deep eighties. You know whatever. That's how it starts. Oh, check out the Hillbilly Rock. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It, it, it'll, it'll, it'll open a good Pandora's box right. stuff for you. So anyway. All right, dudes, lots of fun. Um, so anyway, best of luck going forward in the playoffs, guys. We'll definitely have a lot to chew Thanks. on for the next episode. All the so. listeners out there look for, uh, some Southern rock mixtape sides. We might yes. be missing. Yes. So, yeah. Well, yeah, kind of commemorate the episode. Crank yep. them up in the office or at home. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, had a lot of fun. Follow us, guys, on Twitter and Instagram at Rock and Chew. Also, you can check out our website, which is actually really probably probably the place where you can find all of the things in the rock and roll Shinsu Chew universe. And the newest Show Your Cards episode. And the newest Show Your Cards episode as well, rockchew.com. That'll give you that, – that'll take you anywhere you want to go. All right. All right, guys. Well, had a good time tonight, and we will see everybody for episode 35. Take care. Hola.